Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me for this midweek fill-up known as Midweek Manna. I've got uh, some good things, some spiritual fruit that I'd like to offer uh, to you this afternoon. So let me open up with a word of prayer and we will begin. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, in this Lenten season, it's uh, a wonderful time, a blessed time. Oh God, I pray that we look not at Lent as a punishment, Lord, uh, not as uh, a time in which we are uh, to uh, in any way uh, down ourselves or one another. Lord, this in fact is a, is a time of preparation. Lord, it's a time of uplifting. It's a time, oh God, to make sure that we are doing what we absolutely need to do to uh, hold ourselves accountable uh, to you and certainly to your son, Jesus Christ. It's, it's an opportunity to look uh, from within as people of faith, Lord, and to give to you what may in fact be uh, a barrier, uh, things that trip us up, sin, Lord, that needs to be uh, offered and asked for uh, repentance. Lord, it's all of this, and it's so much more. So I, I, I'm thankful that we have this time, Lord, in this Lenten season to uh, deepen our faith, Lord, and grow in you. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I am uh, turning now to Jesus' calling for this afternoon for the 10th day of March. Hear, hear these words from Miss Young. You are mine for all time and beyond time and to eternity. No power can deny your inheritance in heaven. I want you to realize how utterly secure you are. Even if you falter as you journey through life, I will never let go of your hand. Nothing that your future is absolutely assured can free you to live abundantly today. I have prepared this day for you with the most tender concern and attention to detail. Instead of approaching the day as a blank page that you will need to fill up, try living in a responsive mode being on the lookout for all that I am doing. This sounds easy, but it requires a deep level of trust based on the knowledge that my way is in fact perfect. A good word from uh, Miss Young there. Just a couple of things that uh, stood out uh, to me this day, uh, that God in fact pays uh, attention to detail, the details of our lives, something that you and I may or may not uh, pay attention to, uh, dotting the I's and crossing uh, the T's, but that is, uh, in fact, very uh, important to the Lord. I, I use the biblical reference of Psalm 139. Read that psalm. Uh, let that be a good spiritual uh, discipline exercise for you today. God even knows uh, the number of hairs on our head. Now that, that folks, uh, is attention to detail. And be because we are uh, heirs of God, heirs of the throne of God, God does care and God uh, does uh, in fact want to uh, know us, as scripture says, uh, intimately. And that certainly is a, is a powerful thing to be reminded of. 
of and, and wants to uh, be a, a very, very important, significant part of our lives. So that's a, that's a good word. Okay, what I'd like to do is now make a transition to the text that I will be uh, preaching from uh, come Sunday. Uh, this, uh, th- this, quite honestly, is one of uh, my, uh, my favorite texts. Of course, uh, the, the text is what it is as we read it, but uh, it's in fact so much more when we begin to, to peel back the spiritual layers here. So what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, if you would, is to please turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers, we are going to the Old Testament uh, this coming up Sunday. The book of Numbers, the twenty. First chapter, the 21st chapter, verses 4, verse 4 through 9. 21st chapter of Numbers, verses 4 through 9. The bronze snake. <clears throat> I'll read it for us this afternoon. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount whore, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness, they complained. There is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna the Israelite people said. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, uh, this uh, this text is uh, is one of those texts that has absolutely fascinated from me. I remember uh, in years past that uh, I preached a sermon uh, about the the bronze snake, and uh, I, I don't quite honestly remember a whole lot of details about it, but I do remember uh, that uh, that I did preach that sermon, and I hope that you were blessed and you didn't fall asleep that Sunday. That, that is always my hope and prayer. But I would like to return to this text because it's one of those that uh, comes up during the Lenten season, and I think it is it is certainly worthy uh, to explore. What, what I'd like to do uh, in this time as we uh, look at this text and offer some commentary, I want to go to a colleague of mine, uh, Professor... Uh, and Dr. Preacher Leggett, Pastor Leggett, he has a, a good word as I was uh, doing some, some research and reflection about 
uh, this text. He he has uh, some of his own thoughts, and they certainly spoke to me, and I want to share it uh, with you this afternoon, and then uh, come Sunday, build, build on this. So, <clears throat> here are uh, Professor Leggett's words. He says this, Like many other people I know, I am guilty of indulging in some bin-watching from time to time. Is that you? Do you have Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or the million other ways in which you can binge-watch shows? I I'm sure you do. My latest indulgence is the Canadian-French co-production of Versailles. This series takes place during the reign of Louis XIV, otherwise known as the Sun King, and his grand project to build the Palace of Versailles as part of his grand plan to establish the supremacy of the monarch over the nobility. And of course, we see that throughout world history, church history. So here's where we get into the meat and potatoes. Recently, at the beginning of one episode, Lewis is gazing at himself in a mirror. It must be said that the quality of the mirror is not very good, and Lewis sees a distorted image of himself. I don't like this mirror, Lewis said, he grandly states, and then walks away. As the episode progresses, Lewis sets about running his opponents and alienating his brother step by deliberate step, by even hook and by crook. By the end of the episode, a new, higher quality mirror arrives in Venice. As the episode fades into the closing credits, we see Lewis admiring himself in the mirror and clearly showing his pleasure at what he sees. We, the audience, are left in no doubt as to the Machiavellian image that Lewis presents to us. The pastor goes on to say, I want you to look at today's seemingly odd story from the book of Numbers as a kind of mirror in which the people of Israel find themselves gazing after some time on their journey from oppression in Egypt to the promised land of freedom. Let's begin by recapping the story. After a miraculous delivery from the army of Pharaoh at the Reed Sea, the people have been traveling towards the land God promised to their ancestors. The people have encountered resistance from the peoples living in that region and have to take a few detours, in fact, and I'll, I'll show a map of that come Sunday. They've grown hungry, and God has provided them with bread from heaven, manna, and with quail raining down from the skies. They've grown thirsty, and God has shown Moses where to strike his staff to find springs of living water. God has not hidden anything from them. God has promised them a land and named the risk of claiming that promise. God has entered into a covenant with them, sealing it with the Ten Commandments, words which make clear the commitments of being God's chosen people. But on more than one occasion, the people rebel despite all that God has done for them. 
and all that they know God has promised to them. Even miraculous food from heaven that never fails to appear cannot keep them happy, right? Their ingratitude tests their uh, patience of God. In today's text, we are told that God is so fed up that the divine anger causes venomous snakes to swarm the camp. It is as if the people's own sins have taken on physical form. Wow, what a what 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 interesting insight there. Okay, I, I'm certainly thankful for uh, for for that added uh, commentary. Let me say that again. It's as if the people's <laughs> own sins have taken on physical form. Does that speak to you? After all, the sin of ingratitude does poison the one who suffers from it, making it impossible for that person to see any good in the world, to experience any joy in the gifts he or she receives, to find any satisfaction in the opportunity that come to work with God in the renewal of creation. The pastor goes on to say, this is how I would like us to hear today's story. I know that the writer of Numbers tells that the servants, or that the serpents rather, were sent by God. But my reading of the text tells me that these serpents are the sins of the people coming back to bite them. I love this. Literally. Coming back to bite them literally. Just as I mentioned, the sin that is most prevalent is the sin of ingratitude. Rescue from the region's most powerful army, food in the desert, water from the rock, protection from the powerful tribes around them, a promised land before them. What more could God do? But the poison grips their souls and some begin to perish. Many generations later, when the rabbis begin to shape the liturgy for the celebration of Passover, they recognize the poison of ingratitude. They incorporated into the liturgy a song called the Deinu, a word that means it would have been enough. As Jews celebrate their liberation from Egypt, they sing their gratitude for the five acts of liberation, the five miracles in the desert, and the five gifts of being chosen. After each one is named, they sing day anew. Even if God had only done one of these 15 things, it would have been enough for us to be grateful to the Holy One and to keep faith with the One who keeps faith with us. When Moses lifts the bronze servant up, he lifts up a mirror image of the sin of ingratitude, poisoning God's people on their way into God's future. The image that it offers them is not the one that they probably liked, but it was an image that they needed to see in order to turn away 
from ingratitude because as as sin is is defined it's missing the mark right turning from that way of life from that sin is in fact repentance and and the act of uh, repentance so the image that it offers them is not one that they probably liked but it was an image that they needed to see in order to turn away from ingratitude and to embrace thanksgiving for all that God had done for them. Splitting the sea, day anew. Leading the people to dry land, day anew. Providing food and water in the wilderness, day anew. Giving the people Sabbath, day anew. God giving them the Torah, day anew. From time to time, God holds up a mirror to each one of us and invites us to gaze into the reflection of our own souls. Lent is such a time, right? Is it not? Is it not? We even call this time for self-reflection on who we are who we would like to become, and what are the obstacles that are preventing us from becoming more truly ourselves as God means us to be. Sometimes the mirror takes the form of the readings we hear proclaimed in our places of worship. Sometimes the mirror is our own sense of dissatisfaction with how we are living our lives. Sometimes a friend or family member or colleague will confront us with an image of ourselves that we would not rather see. As painful and as difficult as these moments of seeing ourselves in a mirror may be, they are in fact moments meant to prevent us from being poisoned, listen, poisoned by sin when we oppose God's will in our lives and when we even deny God's goodness in each other, in ourselves and in the world created. These moments are invitations to remember that God has done for us and join our Jewish sisters and brothers in singing that song, Day Anew. And then, with God's people of every age, we continue our journey toward the promise, braving the risks and honoring our commitments in thankfulness for tasks which demand our very best efforts, day anew. For accomplishments that satisfy and delight us, day anew. And for disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence upon the Almighty God, day anew. So that is from Pastor Leggett. Wow, I, I felt very uh, refreshed and, and fed uh, when I read that commentary, and I certainly wanted to uh, share it with you. So we will build uh, upon this text, and I'm very much looking forward to sharing uh, my, uh, my thoughts with you as well. So let me offer a word of prayer for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we're 
so very thankful for your word, for, for Lord, when we open it up, I, I pray that we open up our hearts, Lord, that we can bear it all, our sin, our burden, Lord, that we uh, hear these words, that we allow uh, your word to minister to us, to uh, empower us, to challenge us, Lord, to move us toward a, a penitent heart, Lord, for that certainly is what the season of Lent is is all about. I pray, Lord, that this season grounds us, Lord. I pray that we take the season of Lent serious so that we can be fully ready, Lord, fully prepared, fully inspired for the Easter season in knowing that our Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. But before we get there, Lord, I pray that we prepare. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen. Folks, you have a very blessed day, and let the manna of Jesus Christ feed you and make you whole. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take care.